0: Here's what the Apostle Paul says, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Lengthy, I know, but we're just going to take our time this morning. 17 through 34, New Living Translation. He says this, but in the following instructions, I can't give you any compliments, Church of Corinth. I cannot praise you. For it sounds as if more harm is being done when you meet together. (laughs) that's not the message i want the apostle paul writing me like y'all should just quit having church you're doing more damage than good (laughs) sundays become sin day you're 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 messing things up he says first of all now how many of you are married have you know when any conversation begins with first that means there's a second and a third and a fourth and probably more than you got willingness or patience to live he says first of all i hear that there are divisions among you that when you come together as a church and to some extent i believe it but of course there has to be divisions among you so that those of you who are actually right who have god who have god's approval will be recognized as being right and the ones as having god's approval (laughs) the problem is the longer i've been in church (laughs) i've never gone (laughs) to a discussion with people on opposite sides where the both of them didn't believe they were right and had God's approval. I've never walked in to to a meeting trying to arbitrate between, and they go, I just know I'm wrong from the get-go. They say, I'm right, no, I'm right. And I'm like, oh, Lord, God, why'd you call me to the hard cases? When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper, Holy, Holy Communion. For some of you hungry to eat, eat your own meal without sharing it with others <laughs> that that would be like okay so today we don't literally take a meal when we come in here but that would be like okay can i just break it down make it simple we 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 offer complimentary it costs a lot of money you would be shocked at the amount of crap pots we go through every sunday morning we offer complimentary coffee and snacks and treats and peppermints a uh, Friend of mine Hank going say his name was bringing peppermints in one day He was running late and I said dude, where you been? He just said I just got through spending $300 on peppermints and I was like you spent $300 on peppermints out oh, of the goodness of your heart. Thank you so very much. That'll last us a month He said no, I didn't spend $300. I'm picking these up for the church and pastor this ain't for a month This is for one Sunday morning I said oh Lord This is like going out to the peppermint bowl, getting all the peppermint, stick them in your pocket, not leaving any peppermints for anybody else. That's good stuff, isn't it? That's like going out there, getting all the coffee, filling up every cup. I don't care if they got coffee or not, I'm gonna get me some coffee. He said, in this day, they came together and they ate a meal. In the New Testament, early days, small church, house church. It's called the Lord's Supper. It was called communion. It was a meal. Actually, when you leave here today and you go eat lunch, you're going to eat communion. Communion means koinonia. It's the fellowship of you with other believers in the presence of the Lord. He says, I, I hear that when you get together, some of you just eat all the food and you have no concern for others that are there. How does that represent Christ? He says, as a result, some go without peppermints. <laughs> just kidding. He said, some go hungry without food. Check this out. I love this. All right? So he says, and others drink all the wine you end up drunk (laughs) he said wait a minute if you're a wine drinker use it now let's talk about context cover to cover the bible's not a message of abstinence i believe in abstinence live abstinence our staff is required to live abstinence because we're leaders but the bible from cover to cover is a book of moderation on the subject of alcohol he said but you come to church and you get drunk you drink all the wine Don't you have your own homes that you can go home and moderately eat and drink in? Or do you really just despise the grace that God's offered through his church that you would do this and shame the poor? What am I supposed to say to you? Do you want me to praise you, pat you on the back? Heck no, I can't. There's no praise for you in this. Now, side note, some people say, well, I don't go to church over there because they've got problems. Guess what? (laughs) Every church got problems every church got people (laughs) and the whole new testament that you love ephesians colossians corinthians they are all letters written addressing people's problems (laughs) so If you want to know, you're right in line with the book, be sure and be in a church with imperfect people with problems and just know God has perfect solution to people's imperfect problems. And that's right where we're supposed to be. We're engaged in the healthy tension of what God's called us to do. He said, for I passed on to you. You may want to write this down. For I passed on to you that which I received from the Lord himself that on the night that he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, gave thanks to God for it, and then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Here's the explicit command. Every time you do this, do this with a remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper had ended and he says, this is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and you drink this cup, check this out, you yourself are preaching an illustrated sermon that the Lord Jesus came, He died, He was buried, He rose again, and one day He will come again. You may never stand in a pulpit, you may never lead a life group, but every time you take the Lord's Supper, you are preaching an illustrated message to the world around you with an encapsulated message of the gospel in it. Whites Road, Church of Christ, some of their elders years ago, let's hear it for Whites <laughs> Fair. Love them, love them. Love what they've done for our community with celebrate recovery and re-engage ministries. I'm a, I'm a church lover. I mean, I love Christ Church lover the assembly lover i'm a hop out lover i mean i just love i love i love all the different expressions of god's work in the earth i love that they're reaching people if we reached everybody filled up every one of our worship centers three times on sunday morning there'd still be people in monroe northeast Louisiana that did not know the lord i ain't got time for no hate they have this they got this little thing jay huckabee's got it tattooed on his wrist it's the arrow down give it to me Jay up cross grave and then up again then back again little message of the gospel that their, their elders changed that to their church logo 20 years ago 25 years ago you're preaching that message every time you take communion that's what you're saying you believe in your core for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup you are announcing this gospel's message So check this out, be true to yourself. Anyone who eats or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner is sinning against the very message they're saying they're preaching, the body and the blood of the Lord. This is why it's so important that you would examine yourself before eating this bread and drinking this cup. Now I'm gonna gonna give you a nugget right here. The Bible says that if you don't wanna be held accountable by someone else, do what hold yourself accountable (laughs) if you don't want to be corrected by someone else correct yourself if you don't want to be now listen to me one english word judge j-u-d-g-e can any of you new testament scholars tell me how many greek words that is in the new testament five five different greek words in your Bible that all have five different meanings, but every time the English Bible translated, we translate the one word judge. And so all you think that word mean is what you believe in the Western hemisphere that that word judge means. But those are five. Judgment is I'm holding you accountable. Judgment is I'm eternally condemning you. Judgment is I'm condemning you and expecting others to condemn you and shame you because I shame. all these different variations, shades of meaning of what judge means. Do you have a heaven or a hell to put anybody in? Do I? Last time I checked, the Bible says God has a throne in heaven, and it's got an inscription on the bottom, and it says, the Lord alone knows those that are his. God's got a throne, and on the bottom of God's throne says the Lord alone knows those that are his, but those that are the Lord's will live a lifestyle forever, departing from iniquity. That's what it says. I don't have a heaven to put you in. Who am I to judge you, condemn you, tell you where you're going? That's not my job. My job is to love you, to give life to you, to give Christ to you, to serve you, to be a blessing to you. Listen to me. But here's what I can tell you. This Bible also says that before I take this meal, I should look at my own self. Am I really repping the message that I'm tattooing? I'm wearing a rocker on my back that says hell's angels, that says banditos, that says soldier. I'm wearing a rocker. I'm wearing a crypt sign or a blood sign, but am I really about that? Or am I just a storefront gangster? Am I just a storefront biker? Am I, am I just a, a, a jailhouse dog? Am I really about this life? so he says judge yourself and if you would ju- if you look at yourself then nobody would have to co- your wife wouldn't have to come over and say hey baby <laughs> how many of y'all like that man just be honest <laughs> we was reading an article this week pastor ted and i he came up spent a couple days with me uh, we went to El Dorado, preached up there for first assembly loved spending time with their men's ministry and uh, we we're reading an article about a young man that we know and we love and and we're praying for and he and his wife got an argument about his phone and about the content of his phone his wife came over and slapped the phone out of his hand (laughs) what are you looking at on your phone how many of you say my wife would do that (laughs) well what he did next most of you would also do too who you think you are you'll be taking my phone (laughs) she threw that phone hit him right upside the eye next thing that happened is police showed up (laughs) right how many of you really like it when you say, what are you doing on your phone? Look at me when I'm talking to you. Get off here. Nobody, you don't like that. How many of your kids like it when you say, hey, don't be driving over here. Don't say, no, no, nobody want to be corrected. So the Bible says you don't want to be correct. you correct you. I wouldn't have to get in your lane if you would do your lane. Save me the trouble. So please save me the trouble, because it'd be easier for me. Pastor Ted's preaching a message this Sunday. When, when, when splinters become beams, when splinters become beams he said get a speck out of your eye before you start worrying about the log we look over those splinters in our eyes and they just grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and then we all over and somebody else is like no stay in your own lane. do you Do you. Judge you. Hold yourself again. Watch your attitude. Watch your mouth. Watch your emotions. Watch your diet. Watch your spirituality. Watch your prayer time. Watch your worship. Watch your You do you. If you would spend your time worrying about you, you wouldn't have time to worry about me. But every once in a while, thank God for people that are daring and brave enough to say, I don't know if you're over here on autopilot, but you're drifting, homie. You slipping, homie your marriage in trouble homie your walk's backing up man thank god thank god for those people that are brave enough but when you come let me give you some advice come in love it's hard to hear hard things it's much harder to hear them from angry people a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word immediately incites my emotions that god gave me to strife just 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 simmer down just Hey, babe, hey, sweet, I love you. Listen, can we... He says, first examine your own self for you eat this cup, for you eat this bread and drink this cup. For if you eat the bread and the cup of the Lord, without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. Now check this out, scariest verse in the New Testament except Acts chapter five. This is why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. There's only a couple things this can mean, David Fox. This means that people were missing the healing virtue, the healing power that God has concealed in this meal to bring salvation to other areas of their life besides their spirits. And so they were still walking in sickness, or God was so dishonored with their disregard of Him that judgment was breaking out from God in the church, and people were dying from it it can only mean two things and you want me to tell you my my opinion shouldn't tell you this never mind I won't I won't tell you you didn't ask that it's not in the gospel don't worry about it. yet when we are judged of the Lord you have to know judge judged here doesn't mean he's condemning you judge means I'm disciplining you I'm holding you accountable listen the Bible says if you don't receive conviction from the Lord it's a direct indicator. You're a bastard, not his child. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says the Lord disciplines those that are His, whom He loves. Could you imagine me letting my kids live without loving discipline? I didn't say abuse. I didn't say I didn't say beating them. I didn't say mistreat them. Could you imagine me letting my kids grow up and do whatever they wanted to do? I lovingly step in. I lovingly try to find that balance of like I was talking about last week a lot of love a lot of grace and then a lot of power and a lot of strength and I've got both but what it takes is that sound mind to moderately walk that line to know what is enough muscle and what is enough compassion and where to mend them both together to see change in their life but it's my job to correct them it's my job to dis- it's my job to help grow them up into womanhood or manhood into maturity into safety If I just threw my kids away out on the street and let them do whatever, I'm a poor father. I'm a poor mother. I don't really have concern for them. And the Bible says when the Lord steps in your life, Pastor Chad, starts ministering and you start getting under conviction, not your husband under conviction, not your neighbor. When you start getting under conviction, it is when you start getting under conviction, it's the Lord showing you that you are still his child and that he loves you and he's trying to reshape you you will never get off of the potter's wheel until one day when you're finally hallelujah i'm saved the rest of the days of your life you will be on the potter's wheel and he will be remolding you shaping you so my dear brothers and sisters when you gather together for the lord's supper just wait for one another if you are really hungry eat in your own houses so you won't bring judgment on your fellowship when you meet together and listen to this (laughs) i told you there's a second and i'll give you the rest of the instructions for number two number three number four when i arrive in person (laughs) father today i know we've already spent a lot of time just just breaking out one passage of scripture letting context be king you've already said so much you've already preached several sermons today i know there's more that you've called me to share and i just pray your presence would be here in a loving gentle healing making whole type way to do everything i know you want to do in people's lives today in jesus name amen and amen pastor chad i'm gonna get you to hang close here i know you got personal needs to attend to but i shouldn't be that long couple of things i want to point out that's not going to be on the screens for you is jesus said maybe write this down he he said this repeatedly in this passage of scripture that every time we take communion we should do it in remembrance of him in remembrance of him and and i think it's very easy for us to to grasp that what this is talking about is recalling to our own memories what he's done for us. That every time we, we take this cup and we take this bread, whether it's in our living rooms, whether it's in our offices, whether it's at church, and, and again, it, it, it doesn't have to be the fifth Sunday. It doesn't have to only be in, in, in church. I mean, I, I, we keep communion elements around and, and from time to time, uh, we, we take communion outside of church. This is a meal that heals. There is a promise connected to communion that we all need to know. Several promises. Jesus just said, when you do this, as often as you do it. You notice he didn't say the church bulletin had to say every fifth Sunday. Did you, did you notice that? He didn't even say we had to have a church bulletin. Praise God. He just said, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of him. Call to his call to your recollection your memory the things that he has done for you i've I've made that abundantly clear but but here's something i I want you to pay special attention to that most people overlook the apostle paul makes this statement he says that which i received from the lord i'm giving to you Now, now wait a minute did anybody ever remember in matthew mark luke or john that the apostle paul had any conversations with jesus does anybody even remember the apostle paul living in the lifetime in the ministry of jesus the answer to that question is no that's a problem there's an answer but the apostle paul is declaring as an apostle to a church that he fathered in planting that i'm going to give you the instructions about how to properly take the lord's supper and i'm going to give you exactly what he gave to me So when I discovered this years ago, just being a Bible thumper and about, I I said, I've got to know how this could have occurred. I, I want to read a passage of scripture to you. First Corinthians 15, three through eight says this, I passed on to you. What was the most important to him that he had passed on to me, that Christ Jesus died for our sins. Just as the scripture said, he was buried. And then he was raised from the dead on the third day. Just as the scripture said, he was seen by Peter he was seen by the 12 and after that he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time and most of them are still alive and with us today though a few have fallen asleep and died and last of all as though a man born out of wrong time he was seen of me he was seen of me one of the new testament qualifications to be considered quote-unquote an apostle before you could just put on facebook i'm an apostle um, was that you had to have seen the risen Lord. I want to read another passage of Scripture to you. It comes out of Acts chapter 9. I was talking to someone else this morning about this. Do you, you know the, the, the hardest people to have conversations with in life are people that think they're right? Have, have you ever knew that somebody was not right, but yet you also knew there was no way <laughs> no way to win an argument with them. So when you get older and wiser, you learn not to. uh, No, not talk to them. How in the world are we going? I appreciate your honesty. It's either, I'm not gonna talk to you, I'm blocking you on my face, but we ain't friends no more. You can't go on my women's trip. You ain't in my smart. No! (laughs) The answer is you don't argue with them. Some things in life, you just gotta let God teach people, right? Check this out. The Apostle Paul, he says, as I was approaching Damascus on my mission, what's Paul going to do? I'm going to kill Christians. I'm a devout Jew. I'm exceeding my contemporaries. I am zealous for the law. I know more of the Torah, more of the things of God. I was raised at the feet of Gamaliel in the temple streets of Jerusalem. This guy has the spiritual pedigree of none other. He's going to end up the high priest. Check this out. And he says all of a sudden as I was on my spiritual high horse doing what I thought was right a light from heaven shone around me and I fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me Saul Saul why are you fighting against me and the first thing Saul had said with a humble heart is Lord who are you He said, I'm the Lord Jesus, the one whom you're persecuting. Now get up and go into the city. You'll be told what you must do. And then Saul stood to his feet, speechless, for the men around him heard someone's voice, but they did not hear the voice that he heard. So Paul picked himself up off the ground. His eyes opened his eyes, and he was now blind. And his companions led him by the hand into the city of Damascus. Two times I've just shown you to keep us in context. The Apostle Paul has had encounters with the Lord third one I want to give you for I passed on to you that which I received from the Lord that on the night that he was betrayed the Lord Jesus took some bread and took the cup I, I don't think you're really getting what I'm trying to share with you so they say chronologically that you can follow the chapters of the book of Acts and for every chapter at a year After the crucifixion, and it will tell you where you're at in BC AD time. So, we're nine years at Acts 9 after the crucifixion, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Christ into heaven. This is nine years past when Saul has his Damascus road. Paul, you're not as right as you think you are. He knocks him from his spiritual high horse. Saul gets up off the ground, blinded, but now with a humbled heart, calling out, I just wanna know you, Lord. When he gets up off of the ground, Paul is now having conversations with Jesus, who is nine years seated at the right hand of God in the throne room of heaven, even though years don't exist in the presence of God. God created time. God exists outside of time. This means that Jesus is leaving heaven to come and have these personal conversations. Paul said, the gospel that I preached in the book of Galatians, I didn't get it from a man, wasn't taught it from a man, didn't receive it from a man. He said, the gospel message that I preach, I received on the backside of Arabian desert as I sat at the feet of Jesus and he taught it to me by revelation. The New Testament on four different occasions talking about keeping topical subjects in line by considering them all exhaustively this puts together a picture that jesus is leaving heaven and teaching paul the important aspects of new testament church that means the lord's supper is a little more important than we think it is he's looking at this servant that's going to preach the gospel before caesar he's going to stand before the emperor of rome twice and be freed and on the third time pay the price of his life You are my servant who has been chosen to suffer persecution, to carry this message to the Gentile world. The reason Oak Church exists today is because of the ministry of the Apostle Paul that Jesus called him to. He reached the Western world. You know what I discovered? I said, let's go to Israel. People said, oh, I'm scared. I said, okay, next year we'll go where Paul walked to Rome. Everybody said, I'm going. (laughs) If you knew how close Rome was to Israel. Anyways, we'll get off (laughs) it. Paul won the Western world. Paul, being the father of two-thirds of all the New Testament writing, of the seven churches of Asia Minor that were planted that won the Western world, Paul has to have the instructions that it will take to lead these churches, and there's no one to teach them to him, so Jesus leaves heaven to teach them to him he says i didn't go up to jerusalem and meet peter james and john who seemed to be pillars of the church until 17 years after acts chapter 9. and he said and i went up they seemed to be pillars i told them what god told me to do and they said that's exactly the thing that he told us to do and they gave me the right hand of fellowship and said as you're doing it always remember the poor mr ricky nolan would you would you stand up today i want to recognize you and honor you in front of oaks church I, i really and truly do you guys put your hands together for Mr. Ricky Nolan. Stay standing. You, you don't know who this is, do you? Ricky Nolan, how many years? 32, 33? M- 35 years he has been feeding the homeless under the five points in Monroe, Louisiana with Hope Street Ministries. Every, is it today? At what time? At 3.30, if you want to go be the hands and feet of Jesus, Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always. If you want to go be the hands and feet of Jesus, you go down to Hope Street Ministry today. Don't be shocked if he puts a microphone in your hand or puts a prayer cloth, and don't be shocked if he, t- go down there and feed the poor, feed the homeless, love on somebody and see what it does to your faith. Ricky, we honor you today for what you've been doing in this community 35 years. They said, just remember the poor. When you go preach the gospel, remember the poor. Now you got a spiritual grandson in here, his name's Matthew. Is it Maple? Matthew Maple, is that your dad? This, this, what's your name, sir? Barry and Matthew. Now, I don't have it all worked out, but this is what I know. I know they're down there serving with you, and I know they go to every prison, county jail that they can get in, and the first thing he does when he walks through that door, every Sunday morning, he goes, guess what, 8, 9, 21. He tells me every week how many people they've seen come to the Lord in the jails or in the prisons come on can you put your hands together for them that's what Oaks Church is all about from CR to Gulf Shores women's every this is what we do from small, this is who this this is the gospel it's what we're supposed to do Paul doesn't know these things about the church he didn't learn them from Peter he said Jesus taught me to do this four things that he passed down that I think will be very, very, very beneficial for you today. Every time you take the Lord's Supper, the first thing you need to remember is this. You need to remember to look around. You need to remember to look around. You need to remember to look around. So why don't you just look around right now? Look around, look around, look around. Does everybody look like you? Does everybody live like you? Does everybody vote like you? Everybody going to the same restaurant as you after here? I hope not. I'm going to a different one if they do. He says, if you're gonna take this supper the right way, you need to remember to look around. These are your brothers and your sisters. These are the people that the Lord are calling. These are the people that the Lord are saving and you need to love these people. You need to forgive these people. You need to make peace with these people. You need to get your heart right with them horizontally before you try to get your heart right with God vertically. Don't come in here and take all the peppermints because you ain't got no no love for your brother. Don't come in here and eat up all the meat. Don't come here and drink up all the wine, play and leave everybody else no taste test. That's showing the disregard you have in your heart towards them. I got 19 seats reserved up here. Oh, these are our seats. (laughs) This is my church. It's my parking spot. This ain't my church. This is God's church. And when people say, oh, your church, I say, I ain't got no church. I get to be the pastor right now while God allows me to be. This is God's church. These are God's people. Don't you walk in here. Say, this is my chair. That ain't your chair. Get your tail up and give that chair to somebody else. These 19 seats ours and four people show up. We got 11 open seats up front and it's up. It's hard to preach the empty chairs and get it excited. disregard disregard don't 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 pick and choose don't play favorites don't 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 don't. oh they give so i'll look over their sin oh this is the sin in their life i've gotten comfortable with but these people they got some obvious i don't know if we can accept them what have you lost your mind that's fun when the rabbits got the gun and other people are in your crosshairs You let that spirit get out in any church, eventually it's coming to your family, your kids, your grandkids, and you ain't going to enjoy it when they get in the crosshairs. Trust me. I done done this too long. Look around. You, you, You think Jesus said, my love for these people needs to be predicated on they live and act and look and vote and talk and walk and get like you absolutely not so don't make your friendship your love your relationship towards these people predicated on them doing what you expect and want them to do you're setting yourself up for disaster and failure if ricky made that the basis for what he did at hope street ministry he would have gave up week two because there ain't a week that he's went down there that any of those people's lives have ever been close to what his life is in one week's time but ryan evans of the world where you at ryan i know he was here this morning Ryan Evans, where are you at? Oh my Lord, I can't call you out. You you, you on the, son, you set up chairs, you're sober, you're married, you're being a good dad, now you're running the camera. But I remember when you were jacked up. I remember when you were in jail. I remember when she was about to kill you and leave you and divorce you and you couldn't quit smoking and vaping and women and everything, God knows what else. Sorry to put all your business out there in the street. but one thing i can tell you i did with you was i stayed with you all the way through that process i didn't get to determine how fast you changed when you changed how god grew you but i can say this i've been with you and not left you the entire time that's the gift yeah. Praise god. It's too much okay Number two, got to remember at communion, after you look around horizontally, check this out, remember to look within before you go vertical. Look within. Examine your own self. You you, you say, listen, now, now listen to me. You know, my personality is like, okay, there are sticks in the yards. There's grass is tall. And when I go out here and put these lawn mowing clothes on and get this jug of water and this headset, I'm not coming in until I'm finished. That's my personality. I will be outside mowing with a flashlight. There's something wrong with me, y'all. I know that. I have a flashlight in my mouth, trying to finish them. (laughs) I know they had a commercial years ago for some some antidepressant, and it was like some guy up at three o'clock, and I was like, Lord, I need that medicine. I know I need that medicine. Lord, that is me. Please don't let my wife see this commercial. (laughs) She's gonna say, You need this medicine. my personality and i'm using me so nobody gets mad is let's search the whole house right now today let let's, i mean in me i'm like when i'm looking in i'm like what i listen to who did i talk to what attitude did i have what what am i think what i mean i'm like because my nature is to make it all perfect that's not reality just just it's 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 a, god told the children of israel I'm going to give you this promised land, but I'm going to drive out the inhabitants little by little. I'm going to drive them out little by I'm going to drive out all the ites, the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the pressure. I'm going to drive them out little by little. Check this out. And he says, lest the beast of the fields arise. Now you know what he's talking about naturally physically if we go in and we conquer the area the size of rhode island and we don't have any people to live there lions and bears will begin to populate and these areas will become unsafe due to the beast of the field the beast of the field in your life is pride the beast of the field in your life when you start taking too much territory for god as a novice, the beast of the field arises, and you start giving yourself titles and talking funny and acting all holier than thou in spirit. And then you, 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 you get in that place where you're really hard to relate to. Unrelatable, unpractical, arrogant, snobbish, religious, self-righteous. Let me just go ahead and say them all. Just let God do his work little by little. Just just let God do his work. Listen, you have permission from me as the pastor of Oaks Church to let God work in your life a little bit at a time. You have my permission to be here as long as God's working a little at a time. Don't feel that you got to have it like anybody else when you leave here today. You just have God working you just have God working little by little you look around you make peace before you take this meal you look within and you say God where, where is an area where's an area where's something What's 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 damaging what's 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 got me on a lifeline what's hurting other people what am i what am i blind to see right now and and really don't want to address we've all got them i have had them have them have to have people in my life to help me see them god where's it at and when the holy spirit says it's right here it's right here it's right here you you just say okay let's start here let's just start at this one let's just start with a poor self-image let's just start with my hurt let's just start with my insecurity let's just start with the trauma let's just start with the addiction just just pick somewhere just let holy spirit pick somewhere. let's start with my mouth let's start with my mind let's start with my time i'm so busy trying to do everything else for everybody else i'm not doing the things that are the most needed for those people that are the center of my life number three number three you got to remember to look back before you take this cup. You know what you're looking back to? You're looking back to the power that makes this a meal that heals. You're looking back to the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago, where the Son of God who was without sin died for your sin and his crimson blood began to flow. And when the first drop of blood was presented on the altar of atonement in the heavenly realms, the sin of humanity was abolished, past present, and future. And you say, well, I don't know if God can forgive futuristic sin. You better hope He can, Jack, because all your sin was in the future when He died 2,000 years ago. You wasn't even a twinkle in your great-granddaddy's eye at that point. When Jesus died and shed that blood, it gives us the power to look back and say, I'm going to need some blood right now for that woman over there. I'm going to need some blood right now for that man over there. I'm going to need some blood for this woman inside of me. I'm going to need some blood for the man I want to be and the man I know I don't need to be. I need that blood that flowed like crimson to wash this sin away. I need to be white like wool. I need to be reminded of who I am in him. I need to be made new and transformed. I need that blood to wash my conscience today. Whew. This ain't nothing but stale grape juice in a funny-tasting little white cracker (laughs) without that cross of Calvary. Without that cross, without that event, the most significant event in human history where the Son of God died and came to ransom humanity whom He created as His prized possession, this is a meaningless ceremony. But If that blood is appropriated on your account, if that blood is brought into the conversation, if that blood is brought to your conscience, if that blood is brought into this situation, all of the sudden wrong begins to be right. All of the sudden left becomes to be right. Up begins to be down. All of a sudden darkness begins to be light. All of a sudden God begins to do the turnaround. He begins to move mountains. He begins to make miracles. He begins to change some things and give new desires and give a new heart. And lead through inspiration and new direction, God begins to heal some things on the inside of you that can't be healed without that blood. And then, my, my favorite part is when we take that cup and we eat that bread and we apply those healing properties to us and to those around us, our mind. Our emotions, our relationships begin to come into to restoration, into realignment. Those things we couldn't forgive, we're able to forgive. Those things we weren't able to bring into control, all of a sudden they're under our control. Those things we weren't able to get past are now behind us. Those things that were over us are now under our feet. All of a sudden we're back in a position of health and wellness instead of brokenness. An infirmity, insecurity, where we feel like everything's out of control. All of a sudden we're back in. Whew. Wow, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I thought I was going under, but you had given a word. We' just going over. You, I, I, I felt myself in the valley of the shadows, and those shadows had me scared, but I realized they couldn't touch me. We went through this thing. God, thank you so much for this meal that heals. And then we get to remember one last look. remember to look forward. As often as I drink this cup, I proclaim, Chad, I'm gonna need you. I I think we bought a new keyboard. It may even have some organ tones in. Oh, I thought I heard a door click. That, Chad, that sucker like, he was standing there, was watching on his Apple watch. Give him a hand. We start looking forward. We say, well, he did die. I see that. I I saw that on his little arrow. He went in. He died. But then I saw another little arrow. He went up. He died, but he rose again. And then he made this promise that one day, I'm coming back. (laughs) now this is what the bible says that don't be like some who count every day that the heart of god is tarried as if god is being slack in his promise but understand simply that every day that god has tarried it's out of great patience and great love giving more of humanity an opportunity to respond to the call of the spirit's gospel. But there's coming a day, here's what the Bible says, that the eastern skies will split apart. The skies in the firmament that you see will roll up like scrolls. There will be voices screeching like the trumpets blowing at the Feast of Trumpets, at the Old Testament's Feast of Trumpets celebration. They will screech across the sky that everybody on this planet at one time and one place will see that white horse with a rider step out on the pages of human history. His name is faithful and true. He's got eyes burning like flames of fire. He's got hair white like wool. He's clothed in a white robe that on the very end is dipped in blood. He's got a name written down his thigh that says, I am the word of God. He'll have the priest's breast played across his chest. He'll have a rod of iron and he'll be flying with 10,000 of 10,000s of the myriads of heavenly army, stepping back on the pages of human history to rule this earth with a rod of iron. He did die, he did raise, he is at God's right hand, but one day, a time reserved, you ready? I'm gonna give you the answer to the mystery that God has kept for himself. He will whisper over to his son at his right hand, son go get my bride and at the father's command that only he himself has known jesus will step back out onto the pages of history and come and gather us together who have been waiting for him don't forget when you drink this cup look around make peace with your friends and your brothers Look within, search your heart. Let God start working little by little. Begin to look back and say, it's not because I sang well. It's not because I served faithfully. It's not because I gave generously. It's because of what the Lamb did on the cross 2,000 years ago that I am the righteousness of God today. I'm healed today. I'm restored today. That puts me back in a position of authority today. And I am trusting that what He did, He's coming again and I get to celebrate that he's not done yet he will come again one of the criminals hanging besides Jesus scoffed and said so you're the Messiah are you prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it But the other criminal protested, said don't you even fear God? We have been sentenced to die and we deserve it for the crimes we've committed, but this man hasn't done anything wrong Then he said to Jesus Jesus When you come into your kingdom today Would you please remember me? Little known fact about crucifixion is crucifixion was very barbaric, brutal way for anyone to be killed. Crucifixion didn't kill its victims. That's why they had to rush out and break the legs of the other two who were crucified with Christ. Crucifixion was a pole, a Storos, little bitty wooden platform, feet overlapped, tender, Ligaments, sinews, rusty, barbaric, nine, ten inch nails driven through the bridge of each one of the feet overlap, nailed into that footrest. Small seat measured and placed above the pelvic as the only sense of comfort. Arms stretched out wide, nails driven. Through the tender palms of the hands, no bones are broken. Stood upright, left to suffocate. Death by asphyxiation. The only sense of relief while being crucified would be to push on the bloody stumps, ripping the nail in the tender tissue of the feet to get your rear end, your butt, up on the seat. <gasps> so you could gas for oxygen again once the victim could no longer sustain the grimacing pain in the feet the tearing of the flesh and would fall back apart the arms would begin to hang the lungs then being so stretched that fatigue sets in and the lungs aren't able to inhale and exhale begin to fill with fluid and the sockets of the arms would eventually begin to slip where the victims could no longer pull on them to pull themselves up. (gasps) Crucifixion is a beautiful symbol of what sin does in the life of every believer. It will pull you apart. It will pull you apart. We've all got it. We all toy with it. We all try to manage it. Jesus died for it so we can die to it. And I think it's more than figurative that he says to Jesus, would you please remember me? Put me back together. What sin has torn apart? This meal... Is a meal that is meant to remember the torn apart pieces of your life as you remember what he has done. You want me to prove that to you? One last king context. First of all, I hear that there are splits, division, torn apart pieces among you. The word is schism. Divisions, torn apart places in the church where you're all being ripped apart in your own lives and relationally and mentally and emotionally from one another, through one another, by one another. And he then turns and says, hey, here's the meal that will heal the torn apart places in your lives. Whew. The apostle Paul was a bad boy. Bad boy. <laughs> Please, I don't want no letters from the apostle Paul. <laughs> Just kidding. So here's what I want us to do altar call today is very simply this right there in your seat right where you're at maybe you need to look around every head bowed every eye closed and and maybe your your sight needs to be outside of these glass windows maybe your sight needs to be towards someone of your past someone of your childhood someone of your family extended family someone relationally connected to you but the bible says if you want the benefits of this meal how it can truly heal you need to look around and make peace i want to tell you just honest to goodness I, i've been hurt i've been let down I, 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 you know i've hurt people i've let down people i mean i've, I've been been on all sides of it but i, I can honestly tell you like this one truth right here has helped me so much in life and in ministry not to be sour, not to be bitter, not 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 to hold grudges, how not to feel like it always has to be my way. You know, it just it's just so freeing to be able to forgive someone. Now listen to me, that don't mean I'm going to marry that person. <laughs> that don't mean I'm going to dinner with that person. That don't mean I'm going Golfing with that person. I mean that don't mean I'm going on vacation dang so don't mean I'm gonna work for that person I'm not listen. I can love you and not like what you do (laughs) Most of you got that backwards you only love somebody if they do what you want them to do Please don't make that the metric for how you love me. I want you to love me even if you don't like what I do Help me (laughs) I'm going to help you, but don't, I don't want to love you if you do what I want you to do. What kind of deal is that? I could go off right now. I ain't going to. Help me, Lord. I'm done drinking the antifreeze, expecting it to kill people that I hate. I'm, I'm done drinking life's poison of bitterness, expecting it to mess up their night's sleep when I'm the one not sleeping. I'm, I'm done drinking resentment and regret. Hey, I forgive you. I love you. <laughs> mean no harm to you. God bless you. Have a great day. It just, it just, I just feel lighter. I just feel freer. I'm not toting that ball and chain number two you may need to look around and and just offer someone forgiveness you 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 may need to look within right now and offer yourself the forgiveness that jesus is offering you some of us are so hard on ourselves so so and, and listen this is not about growing in godliness this is not about growing in christ likeness i am dude i am listen i don't believe that i should have stayed where i was i believe that if grace and sanctification go hand in hand when god offers you his grace it compels you to start growing i've just learned not to expect people to grow the same You, you 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 can't be sanctified I hate using those words. You can't be godly, Christ-like, if you've never experienced grace. Sometimes we're expecting people to be Jesus-like, and they just ain't saved. I want you to experience God's forgiveness. I want you to experience God's love. I want you to know God cares for you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God's got a plan for you. God, if you were the only one on your worst day, he would have died for you right there. But listen to me, when he gets involved, you take it up with him, things start shifting, things start moving. And, and it may be in your parenting, it may be in your finances, it may be in the things you watch or listen to. It, 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 it just can be all, you know, Just he just does what he wants to do. He thinks he's God. But at the exact same time, I can tell you, the apostle Paul fought a battle. It's clearly recorded in the New Testament that he had to not see himself as, as the man he used to be. He had to see himself as, as a new person in Christ. He couldn't continue to see himself as a murderer, someone that persecuted. He said, of all sinners, he was chief. That's what I tried to say a few weeks ago. Of, of everyone in here that's been a good sinner, I was chief, listen, I was a great sinner a couple of sins away from being back there now i mean i can sin just like anybody man i'm looking inside and i'm saying god i I don't want to always be that guy i don't want to always be that girl i don't want to always be her i don't want to always god forgive me of that right now free me from it that's where we appropriate that blood by looking back towards that cross we reach up there and we grab what jesus did let's do that now let's grab this wafer here's what he says and Jesus reached up there and he grabbed that loaf of bread and he said father bless this and he broke it and he broke it listen to me God doesn't bless what isn't broken you you got to bring the broken things of God the broken things of your life you got to bring the broken things of your heart your emotions your marriage you got to bring the broken things of your the broken things of your trust you got to bring the broken things bring them to God God blesses broken stuff it's the only stuff out there for God to use anyways other ones just think they're not broken bring in the broken pieces he said take eat this is my body which is broken for you as often as you do it do it in remembrance of me father I just take this right now now remember on that cross your body was broken so that I could be healed that by your stripes my mind can be restored my heart can be made clean I can be free I appropriate those attributes and benefits of your death now to my life. And then let's just reach and, and grab that cup. Father, I just I just do what Jesus did. I'm not Jesus. This is not his literal blood. But I just reach and grab this cup. And I just say what he said after supper was ended. He grabbed the cup and he says this is the cup of the new covenant this is unlike any other covenant unlike the davidic covenant the mosaic covenant the noetic covenant the the uh, uh, uh the any covenant that's ever been the salt covenant this is a new covenant and he said this is everlasting this is from two thousand years ago then forward this is a new and everlasting covenant it's a covenant in his blood that though my sin be as crimson, though my sin be as scarlet, you will wash me as white as snow. You will wash me as white as hippet and God hyssop, and I need that right now, I need to be made righteous i need right now to be made the light of the world i've made mistakes i've transgressed i've trespassed i've been off course i've been bitter i've been hurt i've been angry i've been controlling i've been all these things out of control in addiction in wrong relationship and god right now i need you to not wait until i get there to call me clean Not wait until I get there to make me free. I need you to make me free right now even when I still look like a prisoner. I need you to make me clean even while I still look dirty. God, it's going to be from the inside out that you do this work, not from the outside in. In Jesus' name. Now just lay it out there, God. I just lay it out there that area little by little those steps those forward steps oh i just hear the holy spirit saying right now somebody next week sign it you can get water baptized you're going to come up here and lift up your hands and say on pentecost sunday i want to be filled with the spirit of god i want my sin washed away i want to walk new talk new be made new and day by day progressively little by little keep growing in godliness. God, we thank you for this meal that heals. And now the best part is, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come because God, there's one more look. I get to remember to look forward. Oh, what a day. Oh, what a glorious day. As we look forward to the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, when he steps back on the pages of human history and he brings the armies of heaven with him, calling the righteous dead, both those asleep and those awake to be gathered together with him. I thank you that we win in the end. We are victorious. Our souls are safe. Our eternities are secure. We have the victory in Jesus. And God, I thank you for it now.